Hey, what's going on here to there, listener? Jason Banzoff here, producer for the Group Talk Network of Podcasts. And for this episode, we're going to kick it back to 2019 with an episode called Training New Group Leaders, When, Why, What, and How. Now, this episode has a panel of three very talented small group point people, Bill Search, Heather Lee, and Danny Bias. So sit back and enjoy this classic Group Talk episode. Welcome to Group Talk, a monthly podcast conversation from the Small Group Network, focusing on topics relevant to small groups ministries. Whether you're in a church of 100 or 10,000, whether you are a volunteer or staff, we want to support, encourage, and equip you to lead well. So relax and listen to today's program. Hi, welcome to Group Talk. Thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Carolyn Takeda, your host and the small groups pastor at Calvary Community Church in Westlake Village, California. Well, one of the most frequent questions we see posted on our interactive small group network Facebook page is related to a topic of training new leaders. I think we get this question like once every few weeks or even more often. Um, we get questions on how often you should you train, how long, what's the content, how much contact, when, what format, etc. And all the minutia of um, including how do we get leaders to even come to training or want to be trained. So today we're going to be tackling this essential issue of small group leader training, particularly focusing on new leader training. And I'm so excited because we have a special um, group talk episode today because we're taping from the Small Group Network Lobby Conference in San Juan Capistrano, California. And so we have a panel with me live. And on the program are Danny Bias, Bill Search, and Heather Lee. And so first, I want to invite you guys to um, briefly introduce yourself, tell us your church name, your location, and how long you've been in small groups ministry. And Danny, let's start with you. Yeah, thanks for having me, Carolyn. Uh, my name is Danny Bias. I'm at Newbreak Church in San Diego, California, and I've been in small group world now for about 13 years full-time. Okay. Yeah. And Heather? Yeah, well, my, my name is Heather Lee, and I'm from Manteca, California, and I'm with Crossroads Church up in Northern California. And I've been on staff there almost 13 years, but really leading groups the last about four and a half years. Okay, great. And I'm Bill Search, and I'm on staff at Crossings Community Church in Oklahoma City. Currently, I've kind of ministered all over the country, yes. <laughs> been in ministry, small groups focused, well, over 20 years now. And written a couple books on small groups. And yes, the first one was years ago. I think one of the first books I read, Simple Small Groups. Yep. Um, and then now a newest book last year on Essential... The Essential Guide for Small Group Leaders, which I, I'm a contributing author to Christianity Today, so that was in partnership with them. That's a fun book. Absolutely. Um, okay, so why don't we kick off? And thank you guys so much for doing this. Uh, we so appreciate it. So let's kick off thinking about training. That word itself can sometimes trip us up. Do you guys use that word training? What is it? What does it mean in your context? So for us, Carolyn, um, this has kind of been a journey. The training idea over the last probably three years, we're at, at Newbreak. We uh, we've gone on many different philosophies on mm -hmm. training. The half day two-hour fire hose type of deal <laughs> where we give them everything possible. And really, um, about a year ago, we made a big switch. We went from this idea of training to an idea of orientation. Oh, and okay. going and really just, instead of trying to download everything we think they need to, to have to start and be this awesome, successful leader, to really just going after the <laughs> basics and believing if you can get the basics, you can coach hmm. the rest. And that's kind of where we go in leadership development with our training. So we've simplified it 
Um, because I think when we when we approach it with this idea that we've got to give them everything because they're going to need it and they're going to have to have it, um, there's a tendency when they leave out of the room like, I don't know what I was just told, but I, I think I have to do something and lead. And they're super overwhelmed. So if we focus on the basics and give um, them the core essentials of what they need to be successful to start, right. um, we can we can definitely develop the rest. That's a great idea. So the difference between orientation versus training. How about you, Heather? Right. Well, and I think to, to piggyback off of Danny, I think when we do that, when we, we set out with the mindset of giving them all the training they need up front, all the tools that they need up front, we almost set them up to fail mm-hmm. because really they're not going to retain any of it. Um, <laughs> and, and not the good parts, or at least right. the, thing, the things that, are, that matter most. And so um, we, what we do kind of is what we just, just in time training. And so we focus on what do they need to start? Just like, just like Danny said, what do we need to help them take off and to start well? And um, one of the key things that we tell um, a lot of our leaders and new leaders especially hey you don't have to have all the answers because I think so many times training's intimidating but also the, the name the, the role of a, a leader is intimidating for a lot of people mm-hmm. and so we just kind of break down that barrier and say hey well, you don't have to have all the answers we're going to partner you with an experienced leader that will help you um, they don't always have the right answers but right. we're going to get there together right. and so that that option of or, or that that you know support you're not alone right it's more of a developmental model as well. It's so good. Uh, I love that just in time and just give them what they need because through the years of small group ministry, I remember when I started, it was that half day or full day. First church I served as a volunteer, even though I had finished Bible college and graduate school, I was supposed to attend 12 hours of training (laughs) over a semester watching VHS tapes of, I think, Lyman wow, Coleman. Now, now you're dating it was yourself. So, VHS tapes. I quit after one week and wouldn't lead a small group because of the training. So right. what I, I sort of my take of takeaway is you, you both said it beautifully is that you provide what's needed just in time as as they need it. And I also think of it as situational. If you're in a small church and you, you're launching two or three groups, you, you're not training them. You're sitting down over lunch or exactly. coffee and just yeah. having a conversation with them and, and uh, interacting and answering the questions they may have. And it won't feel like training. It'll feel like friendship. Mm-hmm. And if you're in a slightly larger church, maybe now you pull together a small group of people and you do it that way. But I, th- I just think of the situation of who are the people that you have. If you have right. the person who has already come in with experience, probably you just need to make sure they're a Christian and give them the materials. And if it's somebody who knows nothing, then you deal with that. But as I always say, we're not dealing with brain surgery here. We're talking about maybe a two hour meeting once or twice, uh, two or three times a month. And if you can't pull together a dozen people, have a conversation and keep that rolling. If you can't close the time in prayer, probably we won't be able to train you to do any of this. Yeah, and it's interesting. We've used to have training more in uh, a collective, you know, so the new leader training, new orientation. But over the years, um, we've moved to a much more personalized context, exactly because of what you said, Bill. Because some of the people that are new leaders have a ton of experience, maybe another church, um, they moved into the area, and we don't want to subject them to even the orientation class in the same way. Um, So we basically do the sit 
down, kind of group a few of them, new leaders together, and then have a conversation about, okay, how, what experience do you have? Try to put inexperienced together with the more experienced, and then just have that um, much more personalized. And we can do that because we're not a huge church, so we're able to um, start more personally that way. And then we insert the coach in really early in that process so that they attach right. there. Um, and so that's kind of worked out in the new leader piece. For us at, at New Break, that was one of the underlying kind of themes of why we went from an idea of like training to orientation. We were giving these logistical approaches on how to lead a small group, but we were driving the idea of being relational. Mm -hmm. And our trainings, when they're that half day or like we're dumping all that information. I remember when I first got into small groups world and the training we were doing, we were trying to give them Donahue's Red Book. The, <laughs> yes. In leading one life changing. Morning, in, in one, one morning. No. Like, like in four hours, we tried to give them that. And I, I did that too at one time. It's in insane, right? We all did that. And we're like this logistic We've got to get these points. They got to know, but yet we're asking them to be relational, and we're not training relationally. Right. We're training logistically, and it's like it was maddening. And I said, "No, no, no, we're not going to do that anymore. We're going to train or bring people in and have the conversation and grow relationally because we want relationally driven leaders. We don't want right. Lo right. logistically driven leaders. Right. You're so. modeling what you expect in that in yeah. that meeting, yeah. well, and and the things that. Uh, interest us as small group people <laughs> do not interest small group leaders. They don't care about theory. They no. don't care about deep theological foundations. Yeah. A couple verses is good enough. Yeah. Pretty much they're looking for some spiritual friendships yeah. and some conversations about God and to pray together. You know, they're not looking to know all the ratios and growth strategies <laughs> yeah. and philosophy yeah. that guides it. That can all get removed from them. And if they're interested, then that one person in a hundred that's your new best friend in ministry. Yeah. Hang out with them. I but. really, I really wish I had known that when I started, because I wanted to give them the full big picture. Yeah. So I was talking about, you know, well, we're not quite a church of groups. We're still a church with groups. Uh, and they just like all I'm doing all this stuff. <laughs> like the whole red book. I did the yeah. whole red book too. And so now I it's just... It's a great book. It, just oh for God. the record, yeah. it's a terrific so book. One of the things we did, Bill, is uh, we like we still, that's kind of like the, we call that the Bible of small groups, like like Bill Donahue's red book, right? We love Bill Donahue. But we've switched from giving our leaders the red book. We... we and giving them your book, Essential for Small Group Leaders. Your well, little you. blue book is like every leader that steps in the door. We call that like their, hey, you need a fireproof plan, right? Like yeah. when everything hits the fire, you need the bullet points to get through it. And Bill's book, man, is like... It well, is it's a series of lists. It's, it's very um, accessible practical. because and super practical. And really, if you're a small group leader, the manual... Uh, in the past is hard to get through. This yeah. is just like, I have this one issue, how to stop a talker over yeah. talker, yeah. one page, five bullets, you're done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's good. Your book has like been such a, we, I think it was Amy Jackson that introduced me to your book uh, mm -hmm. a couple years ago. And, and he's like, no, you gotta, you gotta look at this book. Bill wrote it. It's super cool. Good, great book. And every single my, one of my leaders that's been with me for a few years that was used to the red book and then we switched to yours um, has been like, oh my gosh, I wish I had this from day one. It's the bullet points on, it's like the, it's like the bare bones of like, this is what you need to do. Here's the bullet points. Go. And I'm like, man, I wish I would have had that well, years that, ago. That book came from a conversation I had with Amy Jackson right here at the lobby like three or four years That's ago. That's right. And yeah. Amy used she to be the editor. Yeah, she was yeah, at Christianity today, today. And I just told her that I was taking all my videos that are at Right Now Media, the brief training videos, and yeah. just turning it into a manual for people at my church. And she said, well, let Christianity Today work with you, yeah. and we'll, we'll turn it into a book. 
And I worked with them because they make it so cheap. And it was cheaper for me to buy the book from Christianity Today than to print the manual in-house at my own church. So I was like, well, that's a win. It's, it's, it's I'm abundantly cheap. Accessible. And I wanted that thing to, to really answer the questions leaders have. Yeah. So, But I think what you're tapping into, whether it's my book or someone else's book or a blog yeah. or whatever, is just providing resources that actually scratch the itch that small group leaders uh, yes, face yeah. not the not the questions we are curious about in small group yeah. ministry. People don't want to be part of a strategy. They want friends. They don't care right. so much. We'll sit around and talk about growth strategies, development, discipleship strategies. That's not what they're curious about. They want to grow closer to God. Absolutely. So the simpler we can make that, we're talking about helping people change to be more Christ-like right. or yeah. develop better friendships or relationships. The more that we can help them in those tactile things, we will actually then accomplish those things like strategy and discipleship and intentionality, but they won't know it. They don't want to know it. They just want to experience it. Absolutely. So have you guys experimented at all with online training? Um, Because I know that's becoming increasingly popular as people are busy. They want to offer it to leaders um, to do it on their own time. Have you guys used that at all? That's, That's right. We're like right in the grind and the tension in that right now. So... We uh, in San Diego, there is about ninety five thousand other things to do, like <laughs> church and small groups and like yeah. uh, everything else. So, um, trying to get our leaders together on like a Wednesday night for yes. an hour and a half mm-hmm. is like sometimes maddening, awesome. right? Right, right. And I was like, I'm I'm tired of fighting the fight. I want to meet our people where they're at, and yeah. I don't want to force our people to do something that like. I mean, yeah. Do we want them to show up and gather and all that stuff? Yeah, absolutely. Because there is value to that. I there, mean, there is a synergy. 100%. When we can get them there, but there is it is an uphill struggle to get them but there. But we also don't want to give them guilt that they can't make it, right? Because yes. sometimes you're like, oh, you can't make it. It's such an essential. And like you get that guilt complex. Right. So what we've done is we're taking each one of our sessions and kind of breaking it up. And because of Right Now Media and being able to post your own training on Right Now, it's like a tool that we're currently in the middle of. And then taking some stuff from the lobby currently this week mm-hmm. of being able to Facebook Live our training and archive those videos. Is oh, that's like, a great idea. That's something we're going to try. We actually have a new leader training coming up here in a few weeks that we're going to Facebook live it and then archive the videos so that uh, people can go back and watch it. So it's kind of cool. That's a good idea. That is a terrific idea. Yeah, great idea. Yeah, we, um, I want to say, again, piggyback off Danny, I feel like it's impossible to get people to meetings, whether you're San Diego, you're, you know, across the country, we have a, 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 a huge population of commuters. And so they're tired. You know, they mm-hmm. it's so much to come home after work and are, are driving all day and, um, to come to another meeting on a weeknight. And so just the same thing that Danny said, uh, we need to meet people where they're at. And so w- what does that look like? And so that means changing meeting times. It, it also means, um, hey, if you missed that training that, um, this is where our coaching model really comes into play. Um, before the training even happens, I enable the coaches and and encourage the coaches, hey, you get your leaders there. It's not my job as the director to get them there. I need you to do that. And so they they make personal um, touch points and and contact before the training happens. And then after the training, hey, if they missed or they follow up, whether they came and they enjoyed it or they follow up 
um, it's their response. Really, I lean into them to help provide that care and that training. How often do you have your training for everyone? So we like run trimesters. Campus. So we run trimesters. So we, at the beginning of... So three times a year. Three times a year. Okay. We have a large group training. That's doable. But that large group training, they're sitting with their coach and their team leaders. Mm-hmm. They're sitting with their um, the support so that's going to be over. Well. It's very relational. Um, and one thing that we do, I, I might be jumping the gun, but at every training, we make sure we hit four things. Um, vision because they need to know why. Heart, because we need to grow as our, we need to grow as leaders before we expect others to grow or lead others to grow. Uh, skill, because we all need some kind of tool in our toolbox. And then um, thanks, and just to, oh, to be appreciative great. of them. So every time we have any kind of meeting or training, those four things are our scale. I love that. Mm-hmm. That's very good. You know, it strikes me that the three of you all serve churches in California. So Danny, you said it, there's like a million other things to do. <laughs> yeah, right? That's the beauty of ministry in Oklahoma City. <laughs> There is nothing to do. As, as my friends who grew up in Oklahoma City always say, it's a great place to live, but I wouldn't want to visit there. And uh, no, it is a terrific place. And there are things to but do. You've but you've been in California too, so you, you know the... You get it. Yeah, I have. You know, And I think that there are some regional aspects where there's a lot of competition for yeah. things. Yes. And some regions of the country, there's a little less, but there's still the crunch of time. Absolutely. And so delivering training in a way that's accessible. Danny, you mentioned Right Now Media. Some of the listeners may not be familiar with it, but the yeah. great part with right now media is there they're a pretty affordable service like a netflix of christian videos and there's so many video curricula but there's also stuff for families to watch on there it's really a great service but their training component what's nice is for the church that doesn't have the uh, technological ability to say make uh, audio or video training uh, available, they can just go to Right Now Media and there's already modules there that yeah. they can just right. send mm-hmm. to a leader and say, hey, you, you mentioned you had this problem. Someone was talking too much in the group. Yeah. Here, watch this video. There's some questions and then we can talk about it. The Small Group Network has yeah. a ton of resources as well. So yes. bite-sized things that you can yeah. send or even articles. Yeah. Um, so our blogging team on Small Group Network has articles on a lot of topics. So if you go on that, you can get articles. And I've done that with uh, leaders. You know, when you're getting started or just along the way, they hit an issue. I'll shoot them an article. So there's lots of available free resources. That yeah, and what, Andrew, Andrew uh, um, Mason. Mm-hmm has a YouTube oh, channel. Yeah. Oh, he does, that, yes. That's uh, just for free. I think you can yes. just subscribe to it, and there's a lot of good training. Right. You know, our, our people have full-time jobs. Right. They have, most have kids. Their kids have sports leagues. They're married. We ask them to go to church on Sunday. We ask them to serve in a ministry. We ask them to lead or be in a small group. You're six different roles deep, and then we're going to say, oh, on top of that, we need you to go to this ongoing regular training. And it's like one of those things is going to slip. Mm-hmm. One of those things is not right. going to make it, and it's usually going to be that, right. well, I can catch – I've got a book, or I can have coffee with that, so I'm not going to go to training. And I get it, like mm-hmm. or orientation, whatever you do. I totally get it. But I think if we're really going to continue to grow as small groups, it's going to have to go digital. It's going to have to be online. It's going to have right. to be a resource that they can pull up on their smartphone at lunch. And like one of the things that we've done with some ongoing training is done some Facebook live stuff, like try to do it once a month. We have been very inconsistent, but one of the things that we try to do, we know that we can get them for three to five minutes at <laughs> lunch because your attention span and it's like, right, I'm going right. to scroll. Sure, there's, sure. there's some, there's a cat video or a fail video. That's way more <laughs> like fun than my video, right? That you can get them on Facebook live and you can see like exactly what's going on. They can watch you for like three to five minutes. You just give them a snippet on what's going on. And then the conversation 
illustrations that go on the post are actually pretty cool as well, too. So Yes, I think there is a way to use some of the digital. I do like the a meet together, and though it is hard to get everyone there, yeah. and we call, we text, um, we get a, a pretty high attendance. And no one has ever said, oh, I wish I hadn't come. Oh, yeah. So we right. feed them. We've invested money. We feed them. We give them Bill's book. We yeah. do other things. Yeah. Free childcare. Ch- yes, absolutely. Free child care. That's a great point, Heather. <laughs> if we offer, Offering childcare was a game changer. Yep. Um, and that was well worth the money. And so there's there's ways to make it attractive. Um, so what are some creative things you've done to help with the training piece um, to get people there or just even in general that's worked for your um, churches? Yeah, I think have fun. I mean, that's we're a church, our church culture. We one of our one of our core values is have fun, and so we try to do that. You know, we theme some of the trainings. We theme, and we don't really call them training. We call them gatherings or kickoffs or meetups. Oh, yeah, like <laughs> so kind of trying to take that approach, but just have fun with it. I mean, and it, it doesn't matter. I know Bill Bill mentioned whether you have a finite amount of resources or not, um, low budget, high budget. Um, we one one summer we did a chili kickoff, chili cookoff, mm-hmm. and we said, you know, anyone can participate. Anyone, in, whether you're a host or a small group leader or not, you could participate. And so we actually got people that weren't group leaders that came, oh, and we started with a vision. We started about why we lead, mm-hmm. and and so we had them there, and it was just it was a fun time. It was a fun summer. Food event. is always good. Food's always good. Well, it's like yeah. church history, <laughs> food and <laughs> coffee, right? But yeah, have fun. We do tacos and burritos really well in San Diego. And uh, if you just offer tacos and burritos, people are going to show up. Yeah, I I mean, it is. Bellies are the way to get people to show up, right? If you can feed them and you have good food and there's usually – and there's something about being able to sit down and eat food and kind of have a good time before something starts to ease the tension that usually when we, we do have a food theme type of gathering that we get hmm. more people. So absolutely. It's biblical. I mean, it is, it is in the early church. <laughs> they right. gathered, they, they ate. Bread. It's yeah. all good. Yeah. We, um, we, for different churches I have served, have done like an annual kickoff event where all leaders in the church gather together from oh, children's okay. workers yeah. yep. to uh, those who work with adults. And what's neat about that is then you have this sort of um, core celebration of the core of the church. And in various churches, sometimes like if you invite the senior pastor to come in and it's a more intimate setting or a special outside guest to come in and uh, and then uh, use that as some way of enticing people to come, great food. But there's just something about, you know, uh, getting everybody together. And sometimes whole families come together because you know, the parents are serving in yeah, different areas like and sometimes that. they're say teenage kids are serving. And, and so it just creates some enthusiasm and excitement. And usually for the last several years, I've only attempted like a once a year type mm-hmm. of event like that because of the scale of it, the right. cost of it, the energy behind it, sure. it keeps it special. I have found that to be yeah. pretty successful. We did that one year when literally rolled out a red carpet um, and had this a staff and others kind of around it cheering on um, kind of not really being paparazzi but it's kind of the yeah. idea and they literally the volunteers were like what it just kind of created a fun buzz because yeah. it's a little different normally don't see a red carpet rolling into a church yeah. um, so I think anything kind of that's disruptive in a fun creative way well and I, th- so, ahead, I and I think too I think if you're only getting together to train you've missed the point mm. because getting together is not just about 
giving them the right tools and making sure they're, they're good to go and, you know, off and running as a group leader. But it's about, like Bill, I think Bill said it, celebrating together. So this last trimester, this last uh, uh, semester, we, we did our training in the upfront, but we also had something unique. We did a celebration at the end where we gathered everyone in a group together, all the hosts together, um, and we celebrated with worship. We did baptisms, and wow. we told stories of how the groups um, transformed over those 10 weeks together. And I that was more memorable than our training. So I think it's essential that you remember it's not just about the training, that it's about celebrating together. Well, and Heather, you mentioned, uh, I think it was, you just mentioned that you invite the the hosts and other people who might be interested in leading. Those big events are a great place to recruit for potential Mm -hmm. leaders. Because if you, if you just sort of wide open the doors and say, Hey, if you're just interested in leading, come to this thing, it can be inspiring, but you also then have, you come away with a little list of people to follow up on who might be willing to lead a group. So it can be a, uh, a way to stealthy recruiting tool. Absolutely. Absolutely. So good. Are you going to say something? So Bill, we've kind of gone to the same thing with the, we call them team nights. So we gather everybody together, seniors there and January, we call it vision in the fall. We call it refocus because we're getting Mm. re-driven after summer. And we found that's a good way when you bring everybody and those are celebration vision vision nights, the life group glory, or leader orientations outside of that. But those two vision nights for us are just huge because senior does a really good job. All ministry staff, all coaches, everybody's mm-hmm. in there just does a good job and it's crazy and it's fun and there's music and there's games and just a, it's a huge celebration and there's so much momentum that comes out of gathering every leader in the church together yeah. and sharing vision and sharing mm-hmm. celebration. It's super cool to see that. Yeah. Well, and the person listening right now who is at the church of 150 or 200, it goes, Oh, that'd be neat to have a lot of staff and a lot yeah. of energy and a lot of people. Well, what's exciting that they can do that some of our larger churches can't do is they can make it extremely personal. personal yeah. right, and right. so they could do the very same thing with 10 or 12 or 20 mm-hmm. people. Absolutely. And it will be just as exciting because a Again, it's the core of the church right. that are gathering together. And they feel valued. Right. They can uh, they can either cater a meal if they can't afford that, do like a special potluck and make yeah. it a really special storytelling time. It can still be fun. It might even be more fun in yeah. a smaller yes. environment. So I just think that's important for the person listening who's yeah. right. that volunteer who goes, "Well, that must be nice." When, well, it still can be a lot of a lot of fun yeah. at their at their size church, and that does something so amazing for unity on your team. Because mm-hmm. I think some of my favorite staff meetings, just as a staff member, are when we all share what's going on in other departments. Because mm-hmm. we don't always know. We're kind of in our in our yeah. lane, you know, in our with our group's glasses on. And I think just getting the whole staff together, where you're, whether you're a staff of 10 or you're a staff of 100, um, getting them all together and hearing what's going on, what's God doing, and then and just creating that unity is essential. Yeah. I did an event once. I grabbed a a video from a conference of John Ortberg from his book, Everybody's Normal oh, Till You oh, Get to Know Him, yeah. which that one sermon, it's out there. You can find yes. it in different places. It's a great, great sermon. Great community and sermon. I, I was serving a church at that time of a few thousand, but we we didn't have the, the time and the bandwidth to make the event uh you know, that big. And I certainly didn't have enough money to bring John Ortberg to come in. <laughs> and so I, we made a special event and we put him up on the big screen and yes. just watched the video. This is what I, going back to, hey, a church of, 
of 200 yes. could do that. Yeah. And John Ortberg could be your special speaker of the night. And you don't have to pay his honorarium or travel costs yes. if, if you can book him. <laughs> and it's still going to be inspiring and Absolutely. exciting for the people who are there. My people loved it. And not one of them complained that Ortberg wasn't there in person. I sort of did trick him into coming. I didn't exactly <laughs> tell him he himself wasn't yeah, there. Yeah. But not one complained because the message carried the field. It was great. You said it, Carolyn, just a couple seconds ago. They feel valued. Yeah. yeah. That's like one of the biggest things, the, the affirmation and letting them know that, man, you matter mm-hmm. so much. And that value, and anything we do, if it's celebrations, mm-hmm. if it's orientations, if it's just coffee, if it's whatever right. it is, that opportunity to let them know. Because you know how it is as a group leader. I remember first getting into group ministry and being a group leader and like going through the grind of every week and you start wondering like does this even matter like does anybody even know that i'm leading this group and like the things that are going on and nobody celebrates a story you know we've seen Mm -hmm. but knowing the the personal touch of knowing that you are valued that your group matters and there's affirmation for you as a leader man that gets people through that burnout or like you know what i'm not i've done it this spring i'm not going back in the fall and doing groups again i'm done i'm so tired i'm so Mm -hmm. burnt out but it's just that one little ad of letting them know their value can get somebody through a burnout season. Yeah, for sure. Especially because small groups, unlike some of the other ministries in the church, yeah. all happen in their homes. So it's not, you don't get to see the fruit of it quite as practically. So when um, our, our senior pastor comes to the two trainings we have a year, and he's been so great about doing that, and the, my only notes for him every time is just thank them. And he does a great job just to say what you do matters, not just to your people, but matters to our church. And then usually shares a story that he's heard that, uh, you know, about small groups when he's in the lobby with some random person, how it made a difference. So he shares like what he's hearing. And then they're like, wow, this matters to our church in a bigger way. And I think that value piece uh, that you're talking about, Danny, matters even more in the front end of a new leader because they don't, haven't tasted the fruit of a change, any kind of change or spiritual friendship yet. And to kind of go, okay, am I doing this right? And there's a lot of insecurity around it. So I think being able to speak value to that makes a big difference when one of the uh, aspects of we're talking about training of course but talking about speaking value into the leader yeah. is praying for the leader oh, and so the, the follow-up phone call sometimes we think well we need to train them on something but if we come back to the spiritual mm-hmm. responsibility we have as shepherds of these other shepherds one of the biggest responsibilities we have is to pray for them yes. and this is one of the great gateways into the life of a leader because if a leader if, if the relationship seems very transactional and it's Oh, great. They have information for me to absorb and I have to report back to them. That relationship will always feel forced and awkward. But if the relationship is, hey, I was thinking about you today as the Lord brought you to mind, because he did, because that's why you're thinking about that leader today. Mm -hmm. Hey, how can I pray for you? The response from the leaders is usually faster and more meaningful. And there's usually some, here's how you could pray for me. And as you're talking about that, then you can say, how's the group going? Mm -hmm. And then you can pray for the person, whether it's over the phone, whether it's over coffee, whether it's in the lobby of the church. I have never once in all my life been upset because someone said, I'd really like to pray for you. But I have been irritated on numerous occasions by consultants I did not call who called me or by somebody who thinks they have an answer that I don't have a question to. 
but I never am upset by prayer. That's a great yeah. point. And, so good. So, uh, so we need to wrap up, and that's such a great place to wrap up. And so before we part, just for a quick sec, um, if each of you would kind of share how you're involved with the small group network and um, how that's been you know, impactful in your life. So um, I've been a part of Small Group Network now for about three years. I've been writing for uh, – that's one of the coolest things, being able to write, because I know those blogs hit. Um, every mm-hmm. one of the writers are writing in so many of those felt-need areas mm-hmm. that, Bill, like you said, that person that's got 50 people and maybe two small groups, it doesn't matter how small, how big, whatever your right. church is, we all face the same issues. We're yes. people – we're broken and we're messy. Right. And then we gather together and share all our that's junk, right? So that's that's where I love so is being blogger. part of okay. that writing team. And then also now um, getting to get together with a team where we're going to start developing and be able to tell our story as Small Group mm. Network a little bit better. That's going to be, be fun. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, so I joined. I, I started in the Small Group Network when I first started in groups. Um, my uh, exec pastor said, hey, you need to get a part of this. So I went online, didn't know where to go. I went online, searched for a huddle near me. Found one about 10, 15 minutes away, showed up. I was so nervous. That was my first huddle. Um, and honestly, I thought, what am I going to get out of this? Because it was the huddle leader and his wife. And um, I'm being real. <laughs> I thought, what am I going to get out of this? It was the best hour of my month because honestly, I was, it was what I needed. You know, it was just brand new groups leader, training new leaders, and um, provided phenomenal resources. Now, fast forward four and a half years, um, I'm leading a huddle and was recently asked to step in as a regional leader. So I help create and equip other huddle leaders now in our region. Perfect. Thank you. And I love the network. I think it's so important for pastors and directors, volunteers, staff, otherwise to network together. And I'm very active on the network Facebook page. That's true. Uh, Well, thank you all for being here today. Thank you for sharing your stories. Um, And as Bill mentioned, I think all of us are active on the Facebook page. And so if you want to follow up on any questions, if you heard anything that you want to ask more deeply about, feel free to um, post on there or message them. And I'm sure they'll be generous and willing to share um, their insights further with you. So if you have Facebook, go ahead and join the Small Group Network page. Um, And thank you all for being here. God bless you and your ministries. And uh, we will see you next time. Thank you for listening to Here to There, part of the Group Talk Network of Podcasts. If you like what you've heard, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. If you want to learn more, make sure you check out smallgroupnetwork.com for more resources.